The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Um, The tragic reality of life is that no matter how long you live, uh, no matter how well you live, uh, the unfortunate reality is that one day we will all return to the dust from which we were taken from. Uh, It's a result of sin from the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. As a result of disregarding God's word, um, God warned people and then it came true, right? Um, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and so death entered the world because sin came into the world and so we don't live forever, and instead, YOLO. You guys heard this before? You only live once. This is a true fact, right? We only live once, and we're born, and then we get old, and then we die if you're lucky, yeah? Um, But at the same time as this being a fact, YOLO, and it's a horrible fact because no one really likes to talk about death. It's something we don't like to talk about, even though it's something everyone is going to do. With Jesus, it's not the end. And so with Jesus, um, YOLO is not a thing. What does YOLO mean? YOLO means you only live once, but actually it's the modern equivalent of another saying, um, which is carpe diem. Who's heard of carpe diem before? Um, Yeah, so what's that mean? What's carpe diem mean? Seize the day, right? And so because we only live once, because we are born and because we die... Um, YOLO is an expression which is just like carpe diem, seize the day, which goes, let's make the most of the time that we have today. You get out of bed and you go, YOLO. Or you get out of bed and you go, seize the day, carpe diem, let's get into it, right? Let's start our day, let's fire up, let's be excited for this day because you only live once, so let's live this life well. Don't you think? Don't you want to live this life well? Don't you want to live well today so that you can enjoy the things that are coming for you? Whether it's standing out in the sun on a cold day so that you might warm up your bones on a freezing cold morning. Whether it's making the most of the opportunity that you have to learn when you're at school. Whether it's just hanging out with your friends because maybe in three years time you're going to be all at different places at different stages of life doing different things and you may not actually be in relationship anymore. And so you make the most of the relationship you have today. That's a good thing, right? to seize the day, to realise that this is the one life that we have and so we live it well. But at the same time, with Jesus, that changes, doesn't it? With Jesus, this is not the only life that we live. And today we're going to be reminded about that, that actually with Jesus, this is not the end. Even though we do die, with Jesus we have resurrection and with Jesus we have life. But of course, as John has been showing us in John's Gospel It's one thing to know that Jesus is resurrection and the life. And the other thing is we need to actually believe in him. That's why John has written these things. And so today, we're going to look at the fact that Jesus brings life in sign number seven. 
And this is probably my favourite sign that Jesus does uh, in John's Gospel, where Jesus raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. Hand up if you've read or heard of this story before. Yes, there's a few hands going up. Cool. I'm going to just simply read the text to you. It's a big reading, all right? Warning, this is a big reading. This is a large part of the Bible that we're going to read together. I want you to settle down like it's story time and you're watching play school with Big Ted, Little Ted and Jemima and you're sitting there watching play school as this story unfolds in front of you. Uh, and I want you to think about what are the things that Jesus does here and what does it teach us about who he is and what he can do. But then obviously, think about whether or not you believe in him. Here's what the story says from John chapter 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, will he get better? Oh, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of Lazarus' death, but the disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, that's a pretty good nickname, and said to the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping <clears throat> and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. <clears throat> come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. 
Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you, have always, you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. It's a fascinating story, right? Um, This story where a man is sick and on the verge of death and he dies, but amazingly and publicly in front of many people, Jesus brings him back from the dead. That's the big moment, isn't it? But let's drill into some of the other small details here in this passage. And the first thing is that Lazarus is sick and that he is a good and a beloved friend of Jesus. I love this moment about seeing what it was like for Jesus, seeing the the humanity of Jesus. He was God in the flesh, but Jesus knew what it was like to have a real close-knit connection with friends. He had two ladies, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they were tight. It seems like they were really good mates. Jesus heard from a distance that Lazarus was sick and they asked him to come. But strangely, because he loved them, what does Jesus do in this passage? Do you remember? He stays where he is for another couple of days, doesn't he? I find this really strange at first. When I find out that somebody that I love and that I know is unwell, I want to do things to help them. I might send them something, a care package, a box of donuts from Uber Eats so that they might feel well again, write them a card, go and visit them, go to their house, vacuum their house, mow their lawn, um, do something for them. My wife and I often make meals for people who are unwell in our church and give it to them so that they might be comforted and not have to worry about that cooking stuff, right? When somebody's sick, you go to help them straight away, but Lazarus is sick and Jesus doesn't go straight away. What does he do? He waits. And he waits a couple of days, and in that time period, what happens to Lazarus? Tragically, Lazarus dies. This is really strange, isn't it? We know there's amazing things that Jesus does. Jesus is able to heal a kid from a long distance away. Do you remember that sign that Jesus did earlier on in John's Gospel? So why doesn't he do the same for Lazarus? Why doesn't he just go, thanks for telling me, "Mm, Lazarus is well, and bing, Lazarus wakes up and he's okay. He could have done that, couldn't he? But he doesn't. In fact, the text tells us that Jesus even lets Lazarus die for the sake of everyone else so that they might see and believe, remember? And so we see that Lazarus dies and we see that Lazarus is dead for real. He's not just dead for one day, not two days, not even three days, but Lazarus is dead for four days. He's actually dead for real. For Jews, if you're dead for three days, that was the amount of time that it took for you to prove that you were actually dead, right? He's not just having a snooze. He hasn't just bumped his head and passed out. He's actually dead. And Lazarus is actually dead and he's really dead for four days and we can see that there's this great big mourning party that's going on, right? There's a whole bunch of Jews and friends and family that are around and they are upset at the fact that Lazarus is dead. 
And actually, Jesus himself, while he learns that Lazarus is dead, when he sees the mourning for himself, we saw in verse 35, that shortest verse of the Bible, what was it? Jesus wept. Get distracted by that for a moment and just realise that Jesus knows what it's like to suffer loss, doesn't he? He knows what it's like when hard things happen. He knows what it's like when we face death and he knows that it's tragic and it's horrible and that it sucks. And yet, Jesus cries at the death of his beloved friend, even though he also knows what he's about to do next. Jesus doesn't like death, but Jesus also has the opportunity and the power to do something about it. And so in this moment where Jesus is mourning himself, like he's crying with the ladies and everyone else that's there, he says to one of the ladies there, I am the resurrection and the life. This is a big claim, isn't it? For somebody to say something like that. I hear kids say this sort of stuff, or not this sort of stuff, but things similar to this over in the junior school. They tell me how good they are at something. But you've got to see it before you know that their words are true, right? Some kid says they're the best at soccer and then you give them a ball and they're absolutely rubbish. You've got to see it to believe, right? Here's one of these moments where Jesus says he is the resurrection and the life and he actually ups it a bit more and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus makes a huge claim about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. I can bring life. Even for those who die, I can bring life. This is not just a have a nice life today. This is get life when you die one day. See, YOLO with Jesus is not a thing. So he claims. But then in the next moment, Jesus steps up to this closed up tomb, a tomb that he himself will enter into in a few weeks time in this story of John's gospel. And Jesus tells them, let's open the front door of the tomb. Did you see their hesitation in the text? What do they say when they say, open the door? Jesus says, open the door. They say, no, we can't do that because why? There's a bad stench. The odour is there. Death smells. Have you ever experienced the smell of a decaying piece of flesh? Well, they were hesitant to open this tomb because Lazarus had been there for four days. But even so, they open it and Jesus then stands there And he backs up his claims in a wonderful demonstration, doesn't he? He has said he is the resurrection of the life, the one who can bring life even for those who have died. And then in a loud voice so that Lazarus can hear in the tomb, he commands him to come out. And the Bible says that he does. He comes out of the tomb, still wrapped in the grave clothes, still with the wrap around his head. Extraordinary. Here is this visible very public moment where Jesus proves that he can really bring resurrection. He can really bring life from the dead. Jesus proves that YOLO is not a thing with him. In fact, with Jesus, you can live again. And so year 11, you have to come face to face with this and go, here is this real life moment that publicly happened. People witnessed it. Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. Jesus claims that anyone who believes in him will have life. And that anyone, that includes us too, right? And so today as you sit here in this room, reflecting on this story, learning again something again about Jesus bringing life, the question that you have to wrestle with is whether or not you will put your 
hope and believe in him. That's what John wants us to do. He's written these things so that we would believe in him. And so maybe today is a day where maybe for the first time you go, I'm going to believe in Jesus so I have resurrection and life. Maybe today is a day where you go, I have believed this in the past and so I'm going to recommit to believing in him. Don't let this just wash over year 11 and just go in one ear and out the other, but grab onto it, believe it, because with Jesus, YOLO is not a thing. I also want to say that when you know that this is not the end, that's quite liberating. This life is not all that there is. This is not the only thing that we live for. And so then when things fail you today, you can shrug it off, even though it's hard and even though it's painful maybe, and go, oh, well, this is not the end because with Jesus I've got something far better. See, knowing that we have resurrection and life is the sort of thing that should inspire our life today. So again, you know this about Jesus. So will you believe in him? Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.